You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So... We created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? My week has been pretty good. You know, I went to the... American College of OBGYN Conference or ACOG Conference um, this weekend. And I sit on the board of directors for that organization. And it was a really good conference. We had about 4,500 people in attendance. It was, um, you know, there were a lot of people, but I was just like super busy. I was a lot busier than I thought I was going to be. Janine, I was actually in Baltimore this weekend. And I really wanted to link up with you and some other people. And listen, I did not go further than a like block radius of the hotel and convention center. So next time I come for these type of conferences, I think I'm gonna have to book like a day before and a day after just to enjoy the city. But I realized I just never spent that much time in Baltimore before. I realized every time I'm in that area, it's in DC proper. And not necessarily in Baltimore, but Baltimore is actually really nice. I didn't, and maybe just the like downtown area where the Orioles play. It's just really, really nice just to like walk around and a lot of restaurants and just a lot of stuff to do. Not all, although I didn't have time to do any of it. Being there, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to come back and take some time and actually hang out in actual Baltimore and not DC proper. Okay, girl. So you don't want to hang out in actual Baltimore outside of where you were. Just up <laughs> That's that's lesson number one. So good good thing you stayed where you were. Outside of that, you need to go to the county. If you go to Baltimore County, it's very different. That's where like Towson is and you know, all of those things. So not the city proper, but the county. And then if you go past that, you're now back into what we call the DMV, which is the DC Metro. So yeah, girl, you don't want to just go hang out. Not yet. You don't want to just go hang out in Baltimore for fun. Not unless you know where you're going. Now there's some great places and some good hole in the wall, like great, like Michelin star restaurants where you would be like, how is it over here? But you don't want to just be going and wandering around Baltimore. Okay. Well, note to self, just go down there for, for that little area. I did go to a restaurant called the Black Swan. It was actually really cute. And I'd never had fried lobster before, but yeah, it was good. We got a second order of that because uh, it was really good. But everybody was in there with like roughly dresses and, you know, just doing the absolute most. I know they have a dress code, but I was like, where are these people going on a, you know, on a Sunday? You know, it was just sort of kind of weird, but it was cute. I mean, the little, the ambiance was cute. It's a smaller restaurant. It, it Seemed to be black owned. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, but it was really cute. And, but the food was really good there. Uh, we had one of the drug reps, not the drug reps, one of the uh, the genetic testing uh, reps, one of the chief medical officers treated us to dinner there. So we had a good time. He didn't choose the restaurant. We did. And he was like, okay, I'll just show up and make sure I pay the tab. And we were like, okay, thank you. And uh, we had a good old-fashioned time and then went back to our rooms and chilled out. But that place was cute. But there were a lot of nice places in, in that area. But I guess you say 
that's because you were in that area. You need to stick to it. So I'll stick to that uh, the next time I go. So how was your week, Janine? My week was busy per usual. Um, But this week I actually threw a 50th birthday party for I would call her one of my mentors. Um, so it was it was dope. I got to see a bunch of people that I hadn't seen in, you know, some time since I left out of the radio industry. So it was great. I had I had fun, saw some people, you know. Lord forgive me because I didn't make it to church on Sunday because I didn't because I was beat dead tired. I feel like I was in bed till like one o'clock. But it was fun. And now I'm tired. I'm beat, girl. I'm beat. So yeah, unfortunately. Bedside Baptist was the church that I attended this past weekend, and hopefully next weekend I won't do the same. Well, um, hopefully you do rest up because honestly, Janine, even in your slow seasons, you're working like a dog and I can't keep up. So I don't, when you say, oh yeah, I'm going to have more free time, that really means for that particular day, I'm starting to figure that out. And you don't have an off season, which... Hmm, how are we gonna work that out, friend? You need a break. So, um, y'all hear Janine? Let's let's we should like take a poll. Like, where should Janine go on a vacation and when? Sometimes you just gotta block the block the time, friend, and just say, you know what? I decide to take a vacation next month during these days. Don't call me, and just unplug. You just need to unplug. Just pick some days, unplug. Trust me, nothing will drown without you there for a couple of days. Hmm. So. Just saying, just, just, just do it. You deserve it. Y'all sent her the vacation recommendations and I'm going to tell y'all, keep on listening. How was y'all's weekend? How was the weekend y'all friends? We hope that you guys have been listening and we hope that you guys have been sharing us with your friends so that we can all be friends and we can continue to have some conversations together. Instagram went down yesterday. Instagram went down. So what did y'all do when Instagram was down? I'm just curious. Did you catch up on our podcast? Because that's what you should have been doing. We hope that you did. We hope that you shared us with your friends. And y'all like and rate and review. You can do that all on our website. Oh, that's deep. BWC.com. All of it. You can listen. You can like. You can rate. You can review. You can do all of the things. Just go to our website. All right, Johnny. <laughs> What's on our timeline this week? Okay, Nicole. Okay, so they say the girls dream of their big day. The day that her father walks her down the aisle and gives her away to the love of her life. So, look, I just told y'all this fairy tale and that's what they that's what the people say. But we are all old and wise enough to know that most times that really just is a fairy tale. So, that fairy tale moment isn't always as picturesque as we'd like it to be. Sometimes we don't get married. That's a real possibility. Sometimes that day just never comes. And then sometimes, you know, we go do a quick marriage, go to the courthouse. We don't have all the ceremony. Some people don't have their fathers to walk them down the aisle. Some, like Meghan Markle, have their soon-to-be husband's father walk them down the aisle. And, you know, some even walk down the aisle solo. I've seen that a, a few times with either pictures or just walking down the aisle solo. But there are some, and I'm going to use the word fortunate, there are some who are fortunate enough to have either multiple fathers or multiple father figures that want to walk them down the aisle. Now, this is the scenario that's kind of come across our timeline. And we're going to chat about this because it's a little interesting, right? So this came, came to us via Kevin Wesley. So Kevin Wesley, for y'all who don't know, now I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time on him, but I just want y'all to know who this man is. I would say that he's the new Kevin Samuels or Derek Jackson. He's the the guy that wants to give the women the advice about how raggedy y'all men are. Sorry, I didn't mean it like that. But he's the guy that gives us advice about how raggedy y'all can be. And, you know, typically when y'all like to give advice about how raggedy y'all can be, it's because y'all... No, from experience, but I digress. So the difference between Kevin Wesley and Kevin Samuels or Derek Jackson is that he's more of a, I will coin the term, a poly-spiritualist of sorts. So he's kind of this like spiritual enlightened kind of guy, but he practices polyamory. That has nothing to do with the story. So 
much like Derek Jackson and Kevin Samuels, Kevin has these, you know, this Kevin, he has these people that write into him and basically tell him like their problems, kind of like y'all do for us. But, you know, it's a little bit different. He's asking for some or they're asking him, I should say, for some very like, like serious, in-depth, like life altering kind of advice. We appreciate that y'all keep it light on this one. So this particular one, this man, he is one of Kevin's followers. He writes in and he's asking for advice. So this came from a man who is a stepfather who is asking if he is an a-hole, his words, not ours, if he refuses to pay for his stepdaughter's wedding because she wants her bio dad to give her away. So he proceeds to share the facts and I'm not going to go through the whole story. I'm just going to kind of list the facts as the man listed them in the letter to Kevin. So first of all, his daughter just graduated college, right? Daughter just graduated college or stepdaughter. I should say she just graduated college and he paid for her college tuition. Now he did make note that she did go to a state school, but nonetheless, he said he's paid about $40,000 for a college tuition. That's nothing to blink at. $40,000 for a child that you didn't actually have a part in making, that I would say is love. Either it's love for the daughter, stepdaughter, or it's love for the mother. Either way, love. He done paid for this college education. Before she got to college, he said that he bought her a car so um, that, you know, she could get to and from school. So he's pretty much taking care of her like you would think that a father would, right? He said that the stepdaughter lives with him and her mother. Um, she's not employed. The stepdaughter is not employed. But like we said, she's about to get married. She's supposed to be married in August of this year. And her mother and her are so deep into planning. They said basically, he said that it's consuming both of their times. So <laughs> it's very interesting because... He then goes to kind of tell about the father, the bio dad. So he says that the bio dad doesn't actually contribute at all, not to the education, not to child support. He kind of blames it on his girlfriend, the mother of his stepdaughter, um, because she never actually went to go fight for child support. So he says it's partially her fault. But to his point, the bio dad doesn't actually contribute anything. He says that the bio dad often makes a lot of promises to the, his stepdaughter, but she, he doesn't ever actually keep them. And he often disappoints her. But despite the fact that he disappoints her very consistently, his stepdaughter adores her bio dad. So this man tells Kevin that um, his stepdaughter, she basically has, you know, whatever it is that she wants. She needed a place to get married. He offered his house. And we're not talking a small house. We're talking a house that holds approximately 250 people. So he has offered to house their 250 person wedding at his home. Now he asked for 20 people, 20 of his friends or family, whoever it is to be placed on the invite list. And he said that, you know, he told his girlfriend and told his stepdaughter to place them on the invite list. And they said that they did. And then he saw a friend that he invited, one of the 20, at the golf course. And he asked the friend if he was coming to the wedding. And the friend said, well, I received, a, like, a save the date, but I'd never actually received an invitation. And so he was a little curious, so he, like, asked him to see it or whatever. And sure enough, he received a save the date, but he never actually received an invitation to the wedding. So he said that he asked his girlfriend and his stepdaughter because he had asked them prior to send out the invites. So he asked them about the invite to make sure that there wasn't like a mistake or anything. And <sighs> this is where things kind of got a little weird. So they admitted that they didn't actually send the invites to his 20 people. He said that they claimed that they were tight on space, so they couldn't get to his 20. They did say, however, if they you know, the current invite list, if someone did not RSVP or RSVP didn't say that they weren't coming, then they would start adding people from his list of 20. So when he checked the list of, you know, invitations, he none, not only were none of his people on it, but he actually 
took the time to read the actual invitation that was being sent out. And his name is not even mentioned on the invitation. And he's upset a little because these are invitations that he paid for, for his stepdaughter's wedding. And his name is not on the invitation. Instead, her bio dad's name is on the invitation. So by the time he got to the point of hosting a dinner, he was hosting like, I'm assuming, you know, when you get married, they just host a bunch of dinners to, I feel like they host a dinner to have a dinner to have a dinner. But you know, when you get married, it's a bunch of dinners. So he hosted a dinner and at this dinner party, it was him, his girlfriend, his stepdaughter, his stepdaughter's fiance and her parents. And he said that as they're having dinner, a surprise guest shows up. Now, I'm sure, Nicole, you can guess it was her bio dad. He said, well, you know, he wasn't upset about it. It was a dinner. It was, you know, to celebrate the the pending nuptials. So he didn't make a big fuss about it until his stepdaughter decided to get up and announce at the dinner that her bio dad would be the one that would be walking her down the aisle. Now, this is when things start to get a little hairy. As you can imagine, this man was pissed. He said he didn't know whether he was more mad, hurt, angry, whether he wanted to punch somebody or cry. He didn't know what he wanted to do. Understandably, right? He said that he decided that he was going to make a toast. And in this toast, he said that he owed his stepdaughter and his soon-to-be stepson-in-law um, a, a depth of gratitude, right? And he said that the people, while he was giving the toast, they kind of felt like, you know, this is, this is great. He's like, hey, yeah, this is amazing. Like, he's taking it well, I guess. I don't know. It would feel like it would seem like an awkward situation to me. But he said he owed them a depth of gratitude because... They showed him exactly where he belonged in the family. They showed him that he wasn't actually family to them, that he was more of an ATM. So he said, since he's been replaced as the host and the person giving his stepdaughter away, he was also going to relinquish his financial responsibilities to the new host and the new person that will be giving his stepdaughter away, i.e. her bio dad. So after, I guess, the dinner was over and people settled or whatever, he said that his girlfriend came to him and basically said that he was ruining things for her daughter. He said that he didn't really have anything to say because it was apparent to him that he wasn't family. So then she decided that she wanted to point out that, you know, it's not even really his daughter. It's not even really his stepdaughter, for being honest, because it's his girlfriend's daughter. And while he's been with his girlfriend for 10 years, they're not married. But he did take it upon himself, and he does refer to her as his stepdaughter because they've been together for some time. But it's not even really something that, I guess, he pointed this out because it's not even something that he's really obligated to do. He was doing this out of the kindness of his heart or the love for his girlfriend or the stepdaughter. Who knows? But not an obligation. So his girlfriend tried to like get him, I guess, back to a point of reconsidering what his uh, financial obligations might be or what his financial help might be, I should say, because he's not really obligated. So she tried to try to like reel him back in by kind of taking him on some wedding errands. Right. So they said that she, he said that, you know, she took him to the caterer and took him to um, I guess they met with the person who was going to be in charge of the music, the DJ, whatever. And so he said the first thing that he noticed was that the songs that they picked out were special songs for the father-daughter dance, but they were all special songs for her and her bio dad. All three of them. Not one father-daughter dance, not two father-daughter dances, but three father-daughter dances. It almost felt as if she was kind of just like rubbing it in, right? And then he says... When they went to see the caterer, they looked at the menu, and not only is it nothing that he selected, but it's two things on the menu that he's allergic to. So he can't even eat the food that they done picked out. So, as if it's not bad enough, they didn't take him into consideration for the songs, not for the food. They want him to pay. They don't want him to be in it. It feels a little weird. 
So he started tallying everything and was feeling like he was getting used. I mean, the way that he laid this out, it does kind of sound like he's getting used. So he told his girlfriend that he will not be there. He will not be participating in the wedding. He will not be offering his finances to the wedding either. And he also told them that he could no longer be a part of the family. He said that he doesn't want them at his house anymore. And yeah, pretty much the way that they were living was essentially a lie. And now that he feels like that, he understands clearly that he's not a part of this family. So he said that he wished them the best and told them to have fun at the wedding. Now, to his question, his ultimate question was, was he being an a-hole because he refused to pay for the wedding? Now, I have my opinions because this is wild all the way around. But what do you think, Nicole? So, um, you know, I watched the video. I watched his response as well. And his response had a lot of good points, but I was still like, no, he's not being a hole. Like, I feel like you, you got this man out here paying for all kinds of stuff. He paying for cars, he paying for college, he paying for weddings, and he can't invite nobody. My thing is, I understand that it's her wedding, it's her wedding, it's her this, it's her that, but you ain't paying. So, for example, so my sister, and y'all know she listens to the show, so hey, Stacey. But my sister, when she got married, now she subsequently divorced and moved on, y'all. But <laughs> she got married and I was paying for her. I paid for her engagement party. I paid for her wedding dress or was paying for her wedding dress and some other things to help her out financially with the wedding. Now, at the last minute, she wanted to have a say and try to tell me and my mama not to come to the wedding because we had something to say about how her husband was treating my nephew, right? Which wasn't his child. That's a child she had before him. And said, well, y'all don't have y'all don't agree, y'all don't have to come. I said, okay, well run my money back. Run me my money back, right? Because I paid for your engagement uh party and I'm paying for your wedding dress. And you wanna you think I'm gonna pay and not be able to be here? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not how this works, right? So I don't think that he was being petty. I mean, you got him out here playing daddy, but you don't want to acknowledge him. She could have at least acknowledged him. I understand her biological father walking her down the aisle, but perhaps she could have had a father-daughter dance with her biological father and her stepfather. She could have danced with both of them. There's no shortage of songs that could be played. She could have chosen to at least acknowledge him, allow him to give a toast, a something to allow him to be a part of the wedding. Now, 20 friends, I mean, that's a lot of people to add to her invite list, right? Maybe you can get like five friends, maybe compromise, but don't tell him yes. And then when he talks to said friends that he asked you to invite that you've said yes to, those friends don't know what it is. At least tell him, hey, we don't have room on the guest list for this unless you're willing to contribute more. I mean, he already paying for it. Say, hey, can you contribute more? to get these 20 people on here. Um, so they should have at least told him. I don't think that that's right. Um, I think that he deserves some acknowledgement for all that he's done in this woman's life. But I don't think that it should be a biological father versus stepfather, right? It sounds like the biological father is somewhat of a deadbeat, but you know, children love their parents, right? So she's going to love her dad and he should want her to love her dad. But that should not take away her love for her dad should not take away from her love and acknowledgement of him and his contributions in her life. So I think that he's not wrong. I don't think he's overreacting. I do think he was like a little ATM there. Um do I think he should have done it in public like that? Like just out of them? I that's not really not that's not really my style but I could understand why I could definitely understand why he did it call me petty betty I think he had the right to do it although I you know disagree uh with the way that he did it I don't think that he was wrong for feeling the way that he felt 
That's just my two cents, Janine. And we may disagree on this one, but that's, that's how I feel. So I'm a little torn about this one, right? So there are several red flags in this situation, and they're not all coming from the same place. But here's, here's, here's how I broke it down a little bit. So my question, my first question is, why are you not married to your stepdaughter's mama? Y'all girlfriend and boyfriend after 10 years? Why are y'all not married? Why didn't the two of you get married? And then, because I don't have answers to that question, my mind went to, could this be the reason why you're a little, like, entrenched in this wedding? Not for nothing, right? I get that it's a little disrespectful. I get it. I understand. But most men, most fathers, whether bio, excuse me, whether bio fathers or stepfathers don't really want a ton of involvement. They just want to see their baby girl happy. So could you be a little bit more emotionally involved in this because, because you're not having or maybe haven't had a wedding of your own? I don't know. Just a, a, a thought that came and went in my mind. Now, why, the, my second point, why wasn't all of this discussed before we started paying this money? What is happening? What are we doing? If you would like to be intricately involved in the details before you started shelling out this cash, feeling like an ATM, why you didn't ask all these questions? These are my expectations that come with the money that I'm about to give you. Why didn't we have that? And then why isn't your girlfriend knowing that her man is paying for all of this for his stepdaughter or pseudo stepdaughter, because y'all not even married, back to my original point. Why hasn't your girlfriend pulled her daughter aside and told her daughter, hey, look, there need, you need to find some way to honor him in this process, especially since he's paying for it. Because look, we all know that everybody feels like they had everybody that done changed a diaper when you were two months old to the, the person who dotted the I on your birth certificate. They, everybody feels like they need to have a part in the wedding. We just, we know this. This is how weddings are, right? Why did your girlfriend not pull her daughter aside and say like, hey, what, what's, what's happening? He's paying for this wedding. You're getting married in his home and you're not even planning on acknowledging him? Now I get it. If she wants her bio dad to walk her down the aisle, that's fine. But how are you going to honor the man that has essentially raised you, that has gotten you to where you need to be, and is my man? So I blame that part on the mama. I blame your girlfriend on that. She knows this is all wrong, and it just seems like she's kind of passively co-signing the nonsense. I'm not here for that. She needs to step up and get her daughter in check or tell her daughter respectfully hey, you can't take this man's money and expect that he's going to do A, B, and C. To answer his question, after he's already agreed to pay for this, is he wrong for not paying for it anymore? In my opinion, yes. 100% he's wrong for not paying for it anymore. And I'm going to tell you why. Now, I understand that typically when there's some sort of financial investment. There's an expectation for something in return. That's just typical. Now, should it be that way? I'm not saying that. But is there typically an expectation of something in return when you make a financial investment, right? Yes, there is. But there's an exception to that rule, right? There, the exception typically happens with parents and children because that kind of love that you have between a parent and a child, that's the love that's supposed to be pure without any expectations. You know, we refer to that as like unconditional love, right? Now, we understand that that doesn't actually really exist. However, this, un this concept of like unconditional love, that's supposed to happen between a parent and a child. So really, he should, without condition, still want what's best for his baby girl, even though it's kind of pseudo his baby girl, but you get, you all get what I'm saying. If you call her your stepdaughter and you want to be involved, you have to act like that's what you, what you want. 
That's the kind of love that no matter how hurt or angry or how much he wants to cry or punch somebody in the face, as he put it, no matter how upset he is, he has to put his feelings aside and do what's best for his daughter. Now, we're not negating the fact that the daughter's wrong for expecting him to pay and cover all of this without giving him any sort of consideration in, in any of this process. But back to the dad, like he did say the stepfather, he did say, like, I agreed to pay for this. And now he's he agreed to give him the house. He agreed. He was here for it. He was the, the hostess with them or the host with the most. He he was here. He was down. And now all of a sudden he's out because his feelings are hurt. So to his question, yes, ultimately he's wrong. He's putting stipulations on why he's helping that's not love that's that's an exchange and it feels really uncomfortable because he already agreed and now he's backing out so rather than you know letting level heads prevail it almost feels like he's being just as disappointing as the bio dad because he made this promise to this girl and now he's retracting it. So I feel like he's wrong on this one. Like, I feel like, yeah, she's being rude. And yeah, it, yeah, there's a lot that she should have done better. And the girlfriend should have done better. They all should have done better. But he made the promise of this girl. And he said that they could do this. And now he's backing out. So I kind of feel like you ain't no better than the bio dad making broken promises. I don't know. That's just how I feel, go. Like I say... I don't think that I just don't think it's fair to have the expectation that somebody is going to, and that's not even conditional versus unconditional, right? Like you really expect for me to be a bank and not acknowledge me at all. Uh, -uh. I don't care how we twist it. It just doesn't sit well with me. You know, I'm not saying like, I just feel like you give, yeah, the, the love of a parent is unconditional, but we have to teach our children to not mistreat people like that. Like, that's just unacceptable. And yes, I do agree with you. The mom should have stepped in and said, what are you doing? Like, you cannot have him pay for everything and not acknowledge everything he's done, everything he sacrificed. But let me be clear. If he decides to renege and pull out, he's not necessarily wrong for that. I mean, parents that carry people and and push them out of their vaginas do that, okay? He's not wrong for that. I mean, she needs to show respect. He's obviously hurt. Just because he takes his finances away doesn't mean that he doesn't love her. That's not a sign that love is conditional. He's very hurt. But money is conditional. It's a financial transaction. That has nothing to do with if he loves her or not. That's about him feeling respect and him feeling like that's his role or not. So if she wants somebody else to play the role, playing the role comes with financially playing the role as well. You can't play the role over here and, and don't want to play the role over there. Uh-uh. That's not how that's not how this works. I think this is a, a teaching moment for her. Honestly, I think it's a teaching moment for her mother because it seems as though because the mother hasn't said anything. There was no acknowledgement of the, what the mother said, right? Their mother hasn't said anything. She didn't take the baby daddy for child support or the ex-husband, whatever she, whatever he is. She, he, she's not forced him to do anything. It seems like the mom kind of disrespects the, the stepdad. And subsequently, it seems like the daughter disrespects him too. Because I don't know about you, Nicole, but my mother would have never let someone pay for something for me. And, and not even been like, hey, girl. I've noticed that you didn't, this person is not in the program or acknowledged anywhere. Aren't they paying for A, B, and C? Because that's just the right thing to do. So to, to me, you can't try to teach the, the daughter a lesson when the mom seems to be disrespecting you as well. But that's just me. Y'all still girlfriend, boyfriend. And to be very honest with you, this was a gift as far as I'm concerned. You can't expect to, there, you really don't have any any space because you're really not the stepdad you're not you just the dad that's with the, the man that's with her her mama all right johnny you ready to talk through some of these uh letters that we have about these 
unconditional love situations. <laughs> Let's do it. Nicole and Janine, I feel like my wife really only loves me when I can provide exactly what she wants, which makes me feel that if my financial situation changes, she'll either not respect me or just leave. As a man, I know that my job is to make sure I can provide for my household. However, sometimes I just feel like a bank. My wife used to work. However, she lost her job as a staff writer at a regionally distributed magazine company about a year after we got married, which was about four years ago. Initially, she thought about being a blogger, so I supported that. But about two months of blogging at home, and she decided it was too difficult to maintain. Therefore, she took a break. Now that break has been three years, just about. She told me she wanted to maintain the household for now. Before you ladies even ask, we don't have children, and she doesn't want to have any right now. Although I said it was fine for her to take care of things at home, she often forgets to pay bills online and doesn't keep the house clean. She hired a maid instead, and I constantly have to check behind her and after paying the bills. I have de- I make decent money as a contractor, but I feel like she spends money faster than I can make it. And with the late fees, it only puts us in an even worse financial situation. Last month, she asked me to pay for a trip to South Africa for her to go with her friends in August. I said no because we just couldn't afford it. I've been between contracts and we can't afford to splurge right now. So now I'm the worst husband ever. She cursed me out from head to toe. She actually always goes off on me when I tell her no, but this time was a bit more extreme and I'm tired of it. Ladies, what should I do? Do you think my wife is a gold digger or are her expectations what all women expect? How do I manage to keep us afloat on my single income if my wife doesn't know how to budget? Your advice is will be helpful. Thanks, Mike. Okay, look. So I'm not sure if all women expect this, but I feel like all women should. And I'm not trying to be a jerk, Mike, because your wife is a little irresponsible and we will get to her in a moment. But I don't think that it's fair of you to say, oh, no, I feel like my wife is making me a bank. And then in the same the next breath, I guess, you say, I understand it's my responsibility to provide financially for the household. So not for nothing. We don't want to hear you complain about your responsibility, sir. We don't. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to maintain the necessities. Now, is it your responsibility to pay for a trip to South Africa? No. If she wants the extras, I'm going to tell you like the people told me in marriage counseling. If you're not willing to live within your husband's means, then you need to supplement to get to the point of what you are willing to live within. Now, if you are a great husband, then you will make sure that there are times where you can splurge on her. This particular trip to South Africa might not be one of them. However, you need to budget that in as well. You can't just budget in the basics because like, you know, there's birthdays and Christmas and holidays and anniversary and things like that. And you should be able to give gifts. And if eventually you all decide to have kids, you're going to have to pay for a push present, too. So all of those things, boy, save your money. Take on some extra shifts, get some extra contracts. I don't know what you need to do, but you need to make sure that you can maintain your household. However, you also need to get this wife of yours in check. And I'm not saying check her expectations because that's not what I'm saying here. Her expectations are what all women should expect. We should all expect that our significant other will make sure that we are well taken care of, regardless of whether we work or we do not work. The man, if we are going to go with this philosophy that the man is the head of the household, as you have gone with, then you need to be responsible for being the head of the household, meaning you are responsible for the bills, meaning the, the roof over her head, the clothes that she wears on her back, and I'm not talking fancy clothes, I'm talking making sure that she's clothed, making sure that there's food in the refrigerator, the lights stay on, there's running water, and that the water is warm. Those are the things that you're responsible for, right? You're not responsible for making sure she has a car. That's a necess- that's not a necessity. She's not going anywhere. She's not going to work. If she was going to work, then that might be a different story. But you are responsible for the necessities. You're responsible for making sure that she stays safe, making sure that she has food, making sure that the basic needs of your wife are met. 
Now, outside of that, in trips to South Africa, should she be able to expect that from you? Yes, she should. But is that a necessity? No. Are you failing as a husband if you can't do it? No. But you might want to step up your game. Sure thing. Her expectations are real. But where you need to check her is she's not upholding her end of the bargain. She wants you to let her stay at home. But what is she doing while she's at home? She not cooking. She not cleaning. She didn't hire a maid. Well, you know what? That maid that she didn't hired, you need to tell her, hey, girl, we're going to cut this maid out and I will pay you this money because I could be giving you this money and you could be banking for your trip to South Africa if you clean the house the same way that this maid cleans the house. We're going to save our money here, right? She want to go to South Africa? Cut the maid out for a little while. Bet you she save up enough money to go to South Africa. Now, if she doesn't want to cut the maid out and she still wants the maid, then she's told you she would prefer a maid than going to South Africa. You know, we all grown. We have to make decisions here, but this is how you're going to have to check her. You have to check her with her currency and her currency seems to be her freedom to do whatever it is that she pleases and not really have much of any responsibility. She's not paying these bills on time. Guess why she's not paying them on time? Cause she's not responsible for these late fees. Let me tell you something. Put a bill or two in her name. See if she pays it on time. Bet you those bills get paid on time. Because guess what? Nobody wants to have screwed up credit. Put the bills in her name. It's not going to be a late fee. You're going to have to check her where she is. I, I have, I, let me tell you something. If I were married to your wife, Mike, I had better not see a late fee. I had better have food on my table every day unless it's something extenuating circumstances and there's some something wrong. You're not home, you're traveling, you're looking for a job, something. You have better be doing something productive with your time that I don't have food. And the house had better be clean. There is no excuse for those things not to get done when it doesn't seem like you're doing anything productive with your day. I actually have a friend and he was married and he had a wife that wanted to like explore her. I feel like she wanted to blog too. Y'all in this blogs. Not saying, not saying not to pursue your dreams. But what I am saying is when your dreams don't pay the bills, you need to pursue your dreams and a career at the same time. You, if you really want to pursue your dreams, you better hustle. And I'm not just talking hustle for your dreams. I'm talking hustle so that you can keep feeding yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you're not hustling so you can feed yourself and support your dreams, you're not hustling. You're just chasing a dream. There's a difference. And your wife right now, she's chasing nothing. She quit the blogging. And like I said, I have a friend, his wife wanted to do this, and she blogged for a little while too. But let me tell you, Mike, guess where they are right now? They're no longer married. They got married the same year that I got married, 2017, and they are now divorced. And he was sending her on the trips, and he was having her enjoy herself. And then the pandemic hit. And guess what? When worse come to worse, and he wasn't making the kind of money that he thought that he was, that she thought that he should be making. Guess what happened? She didn't step up to the plate because she couldn't. And now look, what happened? They're not together. They divorced. So Mike, I'm not telling you to divorce your wife, but I'm saying it now's a fine time for you to check her that way. When tough times do come, because they will, I'm not saying it's going to be financial, but you know, tough times come. Marriages are not always great. When tough times do come, then you know, like, hey, at least she know how to save money over here and my house will be clean and I'll have food on my table. Because right now, you're not holding her accountable for anything. So nobody volunteers for accountability. That's not what they do. Your wife's not about to volunteer for accountability. Check her. The same way that she expects for you to bring food home, make sure that there's food on the table. Just saying, I would, I would check her real quick. What you think, Nicole? So I agree with uh, some of what you said, Janine, um, and I'll start by my disclaimer. I am a Southern woman who believes in chivalry and all of those things, and I believe that a man should take care of a woman and open the doors and all those things. Okay, so let me put that out there. Um, so I do believe that when you're married and you have a traditional marriage, First of all, you should talk about what your expectations are for that marriage before you go in, because all marriages are not the same, right? So when I got married, my husband obviously made less than what I made. He is in he was in ministry, and I am a physician. So our incomes 
were, you know, different. Okay. So there was a disparity between the two, right? And we had to figure out how we're going to pay the bills. How is it going to be fair? How are you going to feel like a provider and pay the bills? Okay. Now, you know, so, so we had to kind of figure that kind of stuff out. So I think that if you went into your marriage thinking you're working, she's working, and we have never not talked about her staying home. And now all of a sudden you got married and she's like, Oh, I think I want to stay home. Uh, that, 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 that's not what we agreed upon. So hopefully y'all talked about whether you wanted one income or two income household, because one person carrying that load is a lot of responsibility regardless of who it is. It's a lot because anything can happen like a pandemic that can change your, your influx of cash. So then you have to pivot and you have to be with someone that's willing to pivot. And that pivoting may mean that instead of you going to work, if you're missing contracts, that may mean that she picks up something and goes to work because she's a writer. She can find jobs to work from home if possible or do something from home. Whereas you are more dependent on contracts and construction. And when the prices of the lumber went up, Lord, that may mean you you were out of work for a minute. You were living off your savings and floating off of your savings. And she had to understand that. So hopefully you got on the same page with that. But either way, I do believe that a man needs to work. And if he don't work, he don't eat. So I do think that it is the man's responsibility to make sure that the essentials are provided for. Keyword essentials, right? So the maid is non-essential. I agree with Janine on that. The trip to South Africa is non-essential. Uh, her shopping and hanging out with her friends, not essential, right? And I would ask myself, if you do not have children, she not thinking about no children, why is she a stay-at-home housewife? I mean, the days of the stay-at-home housewife, I think, went away somewhere in the 60s or the 70s, okay, as the cost of living started to go up. What are you doing at home if you need a maid and you are staying at home and you not write not now blog, not an article. So I would have a conversation and say, you know what? I just feel like uh, we need to be productive and we need to be as cost efficient in this relationship as we possibly can. So let's get a schedule. Let's write down the due date of these bills because these late fees that are adding up, that, that could be your trip right there. And late, a year worth of late fees, that's your trip. So let's uh, let's get organized, okay? I would task her to get organized if she's not going to work. I would task her to do the cleaning and the household duties. And the household duties don't mean that she has to do everything, right? Like she doesn't have to mow the lawn or anything like that, but she needs to hire somebody to mow the lawn. She doesn't even have to clean up if she can pay the fees on time, the bills on time, and not have no late fees and balance the books. I mean, or help you with your business. Like, let's help secure some contracts. Let's make some phone calls for you. Let's help you with payroll. Let's do something to support your business and what you do so she can actually work for you in the household. And that may help you free up some time to do other things like try to secure some more contracts. So it's all about how much money is brought into the household. And if she's not going to work, she can do something to contribute to you bringing in money into the household. And if she's not willing to do that, then what is her, what is her purpose? What is the point? You can't get mad. She can't get mad at you for not sending her on luxurious trips when she can't pay the electricity bill on time. How, how dare you? So I would definitely tell her like, Hey, how about you help, help me secure some of these contracts? How about you do some of these, you know, marketing calls? How about you follow up some of these leads? And if we obtain this amount, if we reach our financial goal this year, then maybe we can plan a trip for next year. Like, let's set some goals. But I do agree with Janine in that y'all have to get on the same page. And now I would say that may mean that you need to go to counseling, but counseling costs money and that's going to take away from a South Africa trip. Ain't no trips. Get your wife in check. Okay. This one says, hi, ladies. Love the podcast. I tune in to gain insight on how women think and operate. I even got some of my boys listening, so thank you. Anyways, this is a legit question. I'm recently divorced in the last two years, and I've been dating. I haven't made anyone exclusive until I connected with a very nice divorcee, Lisa, who wanted to take things slow 
as she was unsure about the dating scene as I, as she was as unsure about the dating scene as I was, but we just clicked and the vibe was amazing. Well, after seeing her consistently for about six months, I've really grown to fancy her. So, so much so that I cut off the other ladies that I had been dealing with. Here's where things become a bit weird. Lisa's birthday is in October. Back in March, she asked me to go on vacation with her for her birthday. I not only agreed to go, but I also decided to pay for the trip. I've been excited about this trip because I intend to use this as an opportunity to express my feelings for her and to tell her that I'd like to make things exclusive. However, I'm not sure how I feel about the trip now or if I even want to go. You see, the other day she was coming back back in town from a business trip and I offered to pick her up from the airport. She politely declined and told me that her friend Marcus was going to pick her up and that they were going to go to dinner and have a nightcap since she had been gone for over a week. To say I'm hurt is an understatement. I really fallen for Lisa and I don't want to let her go, but I also don't want to be a fool. I want to fight for her, but I also want to respect her and her wishes. I just keep asking myself, why would she allow me to pay for a trip if she didn't want to be with me? Does she secretly want to go with Marcus? Am I being ridiculous? Am I being used? Ladies, please give it to me straight. Signed, Austin. Well, Austin, I mean, you really didn't explain us exactly who Marcus was. She said he was a friend. So uh, my so my approach is always the direct approach. I would take Lisa to the side. Now, I don't know when you're supposed to go on your trip, like how soon it's coming up. October. Okay, so you got a ways to go. So I would take Lisa to the side and I would say, hey, can we have a conversation? And of course, you're going to say, yeah, Austin. Okay, and then I would say, listen, I'm not sure what your relationship is with Marcus, but I want you to know that I'm serious about you. And I'm not dating anybody else. And I would hope that you're not dating anybody else either, um, which is why I felt that this trip would be a good way for us to connect. And I mean, so I would just ask, like, are you dating other people? Is Marcus someone you are dating or is this just a friend? And how do I fit into this, this situation? And if she says she's dating other people, then I would say, you know what? I, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for something serious and I'm ready to date seriously. And I would like to date you seriously. And if she's like, no, I'm not looking for that. We're not on the same page. Then I will pull back and say, okay, well, this trip is not a good idea. Now I wouldn't say it necessarily at that point, but then you have your answer and you can think about it, pray on it. And then if you're like, yeah, I'm ready for something serious. She's obviously not. Then I will call her and say, listen, I think I'm gonna have to pull out of the trip because I want to invest my time, money, and energy into somebody that is wanting the same thing that I want. And I would move on. So I would direct approach, find out and ask about Marcus. And if she wants to be serious and she's ready to see where this thing goes, then go for it. But I would not make an assumption that Marcus is more than a friend, okay? Women have a lot of guy friends, some of which are gay guy friends, right? And they're the best to hang out with. And this may have been, this may be her cousin. This could be anybody. But either way, don't assume anything. Ask first so that you can be clear about what's going on before you get all caught in your head and caught in your feelings. What do you think, Janine? So I feel a little differently. So Austin, you agreed to pay for this trip. She didn't ask you to pay for the trip. She asked you to go on the trip. So before you even say, hey, you know, what's the deal? You should probably ask, what's the nature of this trip? Is she inviting multiple friends? Are there other people coming on the trip? You seem to have written this letter as if the trip is exclusive to the two of you. But if she's going on a birthday trip, it might just be a lot of people coming that she invited and you just happen to offer to pay for her. I'm not saying that that's what the case is, but that is a possibility. and. To Nicole's point, who was Marcus? Now, when she does say, he's coming to pick me up from the airport, you're going to have dinner and a nightcap since you've been gone for a week, I'm sorry. All of my male friends, if I've been gone for a week, nope, nobody's going to be that excited to see me. I promise you. 
no one's going to be so excited that they're like, let me pick you up from the airport and volunteer to pick you up from the airport and take you to dinner. And then let's have a nightcap. They're not going to be that excited to see me unless they get in the yams. And if that's the case, you can't be mad because you self-admittedly did not make this exclusive yet. You were waiting to this trip to make it exclusive. So you haven't made it exclusive. You just chose to cut the people off. If you all haven't had that conversation, you can't be mad at her if she's given the yams to, to Marcus. You can't. You can't be mad at anything that she's doing because y'all are not exclusive. And let me be very clear. Let me go back to my first point. You offered to pay for this. She did not ask you, to, or at least you didn't tell us that she asked you to pay for this. She asked you to go on vacation to Tulum for her birthday. And you said, not only did you agree, but you also pay for the trip. Sir, this one kind of is on you, Austin. Now, if you want some clarity, I wouldn't go poking around. But if you want clarity before the trip, go ahead. I hope you got insurance because you're not about to get your money back if you just already paid for it. I'm saying, but look, you and Marcus might be teammates right now, dude. I'm sorry. It feels awkward. It feels uncomfortable. But this is kind of on you. You didn't make your expectations clear. You was out here slinging your wallet around, paying for trips. You are expecting that you're going to make it exclusive and you've cut the other woman off, but you didn't have that conversation with her yet. So you can't be mad. As a matter of fact, you should be grateful that she's being honest because she didn't have to tell you. She could have just been like, oh, I'm going to take an Uber home. It's OK. I'm going to go take an Uber home and I'm tired. I'm going to nap and be out here with Marcus. And then your feelings be hurt. You show up to a restaurant and you see her over there with Marcus. Hey, Austin, you need to have some conversations and you need these conversations not to be accusatory. You need these conversations to be mild mannered and you need to let your emotions Go take a hiatus for a second while you have these conversations because you kind of jumped the gun and did these things. And now you have expectations for your money and your finances and the things that you. Yeah, you have expectations, but your expectations are being met because you haven't been clear about your expectations. So, Austin, let's not worry about who Marcus is and let's just make sure you're the best person that you can be to Lisa, because if you were vibing and you're feeling it, you have to make sure that you you can't worry about the other men. You have to worry about your relationship with Lisa. So make sure that you're on point and you're not out here being crazy and you're not out here making her uncomfortable or making her feel like you're about to be a stalker. Be clear with your expectations and what you want and what you expect from her in return. And don't be weird about it. You can't let your emotions get the best of you. Because you are being a bit ridiculous in the mere fact that you haven't expressed your feelings for her to her. You're expressing them to us. We know you love Lisa and you vibing and you think that she's the best thing ever. We know you just wrote it to us. But she don't know that. So she's out here seeing Marcus and probably some other people too. But you can't be mad because y'all not exclusive. Okay, that's it. I'm done. But but that again, Janine, is why he needs to get an understanding and all that getting get an understanding. So you do need to have the conversation so that you can gain clarity. It's never too late to gain clarity. And yeah, you can renege on paying for the trip. Now I do think it's tacky to renege on paying for her portion of the trip, but you can pull back and say, you don't want to go on the trip and get your portion refunded. And that way you say, happy birthday. You know, if you want to be friends, I'm extending this, you know, listen, this, you can keep that $1,500. I hope you have a fantastic time. But if you want to be friends, that's cool. We can be friends. But that's not what I'm looking for right now. So I am going to remove myself from the equation so that I can find somebody that is willing to invest in a future with me and, and, and want something serious. And although you may feel that way about Lisa, she may not be there. I mean, you guys are both both have been through divorces. Some people get divorced and never want to get married again. Other people go through divorces and want to get married really quickly. So, but you can't force somebody to move the way you move. You got to get that clarity and you can remove yourself from that trip. It is tacky to get a refund, but you know, if she's like, yeah, Marcus is my, my, that's my piece. Then you can get upset and renege on that cost of that trip too. Just saying. But either way, 
it's up to you. You get clarity and then you make the best decision that's for you. Yeah, that's real. But um, don't be going asking who's Marcus because now you're going to seem weird and you're going to seem like an insecure stalker. Don't go do that. You go tell your feelings and tell what you want, what it is that you're looking for from her and say, here's how I'm feeling. Are you prepared to cut other people off? And then if she's like, yes, and you continue to hear Marcus's name, then you ask who's Marcus. But you don't go asking who's Marcus because right now, if it were me, I would say Marcus is none of your business because we are not exclusive. And I don't care if Marcus was my best friend since grade school. I'm not about to sit here and explain myself to you because guess what? You just an, another dude that I mess with too. All right, Janine, what you learned new this week? Okay, so I actually went to theweddingguys.com, I think it is. I don't remember, but The Wedding Guys. If you Google it, you'll find them. And they had some ways to include your stepfather into your wedding. So a couple of ways you can include him in the initial invite. So in the invitation, you can include both your bio dad and your stepdad. So, you know, where it says like, these are the people who are giving away the bride, you know, include him there. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, you can also include him in the program. So, you know, the programs that they hand out at my wedding, they were shaped like a fan. So like it was a little warm because it was coming off of summer. I think it was still summertime. And then you can have him maybe do a reading, have some part in the ceremony. So he feels included, like he's an important part. You can also include him in the processional. That's the part where the man walks you down the aisle. I've seen a couple of really cute instances where the bio dad walks the, the girl partway down the aisle. And then when they get to where the stepdad is, the stepdad helps walk the girl down, you know, further down the aisle. I've seen it cute. Be creative, y'all. Be creative. Remember, it's really about what your relationship is and how you want to honor this person rather than like the traditions. Y'all, poo-poo the traditions. Not all of them, but poo-poo the ones that don't work for you especially when it means giving someone who's important to you a special moment in your life. And then at the reception, if you don't want to, maybe that your stepfather doesn't dance, but if he does, maybe you can have a special dance for, you know, the stepdaddy's stepdaughter dance. And then if you don't feel comfortable with that, let him give a speech or make a toast, something that makes him feel included into the reception. And one of the really cute things, and this is not at the after the reception because everything else was kind of in chronology, but this one I thought was super cute. There is a thing called the third first look. And, you know, typically when you do the first look, it's the first look, your dad gets to see you first. And then your husband has the first look and his own first look. But the third first look is when the stepdad gets to see the, the bride for the first time. And I thought that was sweet and cute. So there are ways for you to incorporate your stepdad so that he feels special and it doesn't feel like he's taking a moment away from your bio dad. So those are some interesting ways to to include him into the process. What did you... Uh, learn new this week, Nicole. Okay, so I um was looking at people that had conditions to get married, right? So, like, what are the benefits of like just getting married in general? If you don't love that person, well, there are some benefits financially of getting married in general, and here are a couple. So, there are social security benefits. There are tax benefits, tax cuts, and more cuts, especially if you have children. There are health insurance benefits. Married people get better health insurance rates altogether. And if you get a family plan, you have better health insurance rates and better deductibles. You have better auto and home insurance benefits, and you have multi-policy discounts. You also can qualify for bigger and better mortgages, and you have better access to more credit. So this is why people still get married, even though the love is conditional. All right, Janine, are you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. Oh, I love this uh, inspirational quote. And it comes from Mother Teresa. And it says, intense love does not measure. It just gives. So give love to the one you love willingly without expectations. And the one who truly loves you back will do the same. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay, and show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. 
please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.